Hello, and welcome to the Financial Emancipation Podcast. I'm your host, Malik Branch, and this is a podcast discussing the ways in which you can walk towards your financial emancipation, getting free from the burden of your finances. Welcome back. We've had a bit of a delay, not a delay, a bit of a hiatus. Um, I took off last week. Um, As many of you know, and I talk about often, um, I work in public finance, and we're on a fiscal year that starts um, July 1st. And so the first two weeks of the new fiscal year, as well as the week before as the week of the last fiscal year's ending are complete chaos for me. And so um, I had to take a week off from recording so that I could um, focus on work and getting to work and dealing with that. But I'm back. Um, And so happy new year for me and those of you who work in um, a fiscal year. That's a July to June fiscal year. Um, So. This episode has a couple of things I want to touch on that are totally unrelated, but you guys don't mind that, right? So first off, I want to touch on um, something that has come to me. Um, It came to it's come to me more recently. I've always been aware of it, but um, I decided to actually cover it for myself and then cover it on the podcast. So if 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 you guys have listened to the episodes in the past, and if you know me, I'm pretty obsessed with. Nipsey Hussle's death and the kind of ramifications of it. Um, I was a fan of his music before he died. I listened to his music. I followed him on social media. I kind of was like interested in just how he was moving. It was kind of unique. And I've always enjoyed the West Coast flavor from music, um, the game and Snoop and Dre and Ice Cube. Like it just they, they just seem like such different people because they have such a different experience out on the east coast and so while i can't relate to that whole gangbang and everything always i always found it fascinating because it seems so serious and the fact that they rapped about it i was always intrigued by it so kind of getting into him in a very more recent time and then his untimely death and also just seeing kind of the ramifications of it i followed the stories and um, he is a person, like many other celebrities, who it's always baffling to me, and I'll, I'll always be confused by it, but he died without a will. Um, other famous people who've died without a will include uh, Prince, which was also surprising to me. At one point, they thought Aretha Franklin died without a will, but they found a will in her couch. Oh, gosh, she's such an auntie. I love her. Um, but people have died. Um, famous people have died without a will. Rich people have died without a will. And I always find that to be fascinating because... People always think wills are for people who have money. Wills are for those who have who have things. Um, and the reality is, wills are for everyone. Uh, no, no one likes to talk about it, but we're all going to die one day. Every single one of us. Um, those of us who have children will die. Those of us who don't have children will die. Those of us who are old, young, everybody in between will die. And when you do, um, the things that you've accumulated in this on, on this earth that you've worked so hard for can be put into limbo and into, and into um, jeopardy if you haven't already just designated how you want things handled. Um, those of us who are married will die. One of us, one of you or two, one of, you know, the couple, somebody will die. People think it's very simple when you're married. You just have this one person who um, will get everything um, or be able to handle everything. If you have a husband or a wife and you have bank accounts and that person's not on it, they cannot access that money, point blank, period. If you haven't listed them as a beneficiary on the account, they cannot access it. Um, you know, if you have children and you and your husband unfortunately die together, who do you want to take care of your children, particularly when you have children who are underage? Um, if you own a home and as a couple, you, you own a home, 
what are the provisions being made if one of you dies? You know, if, if there are people who are married and the loan for the house is only in one person's name. What, you know, what happens if, if one of you die? You have to outline these things. So I can't stress enough the importance of a will. I can't stress enough the importance of telling people in your life what is, you know, where to find your will. And if they're listed or in your will for some sort of responsibility, not just getting money, you need to tell them that too. If you have young children and you've designated somebody in your will to take care of them or monitor their finances, you got to tell that person. <laughs> no surprises. The surprise is already enough. The fact that you're gone. Um, so I decided to do a will for myself. I am not married and I don't have any children. So it made the will that much more simple. But wills are very simple. Um, when you add in children, all you're doing is adding in an additional person who's a beneficiary. If the child is under 18, you're adding in a person who's going to be the proxy for them until they're 18. And you're adding in care for them who will care for them. So you need two options who will care for their money and who will care for them if it's the same person great you get to put in contingencies it could be this person and if this person's not uh, no longer here or if i you know proceed if that person precedes me in death it's this person so it's all those things you can put together so it's a friday night i wasn't going outside to have a hot girl summer because i was tired so i was like you know what let me do this i went on legal zoom and this is not an ad for legal zoom i just went on legal zoom i did i, did, I purchased an estate package plan which was 150 dollars estate planning package and i did a will I did a health proxy and I did a power of attorney. Let me explain to you why I did all three. So the will I did because I, I, I have things <laughs> and the things that I have, um, if something were to happen to me because I'm not married, so I don't have I, my designated next of, next of kin because both my parents are deceased. My designated next of kin is my sister. I am my sister and I are our only siblings. So there's only one person, right? She's my next of kin. Um, I have a cousin who is like my sister and she is another person who I would want considered in in my things if I died um and then I have my godson and his mom and so and I have my niece and so I have people who I want considered it's not just my sister um and so I've designated all of that in there as far as in the will it took no time it literally took me five minutes to get through that part right because I didn't have to specify I didn't have to say oh if I this t-shirt I want to go to this person it just said all my stuff, calculate it all, break it up by this percentage, call it a day. That was easy. Um, I don't have any children. They asked me, who do I want to care for my pet? Designated somebody to care for my pet if he's still alive. And then, and that was really it. Um, and then it, it identifies who I want to be the executor of the of the will, which means that's the person who's going to kind of um, care out, carry out my wishes. Um, so that, that and then a, a backup person, if that person is not available, um, and then uh, that was, that was it finish that print, have to print it out, get it notarized and witnessed. That's it. Health proxy. Very important because again, single woman, no husband. And even if I had a husband, I'd have a health proxy because me and him might not be having a good day and I don't know if he's going to make the right decisions. So health proxy. And this is also the control part of me. I need to know that things are going to go right because I understand how tragic and how terrible it is when things are going bad. When people are sick, when people die, there's enough stuff going on. You do not need to then be forced to make decisions and think that you're living out someone's wishes. If the wishes is on paper, you don't have to worry about trying to wonder if you're living out that person's wishes. Got a health proxy because... If I'm ever incapacitated, I would like my wishes to be followed. I am an organ donor. I would like to not be, you know, unnecessarily held on 
life support if that was the case I have those things so that way there's a person designated who can make those decisions for me and that person knows what I would like I also have power of attorney everyone gets nervous when you hear power of attorney but power of attorney is important and explain to you why um you know when you are alive and well and doing fine you wouldn't want another person to have power of attorney for you because power of attorney literally gives a person the right to sign as if they were you but if for any reason and again people think this happens with age everyone thinks of power of attorney you get it over your grandma your nana etc no you could be in a horrible accident and be like incapacitated at the moment your bill still got to get paid somebody still has to deal with your care somebody still has to like do things for you on your behalf and if there's a person with the power of attorney already existing you can't give power of attorney once you're already out of your mind so then somebody got to fight to get into your bank account somebody got to fight to do all these things for you and again as a person who's not married if you have a husband or a wife there's a possibility that that person can be that for you but if you're a single person this is important also if you don't want it to be your husband or wife i mean everybody ain't you know everything is not for everybody so you know having that power of attorney now my power of attorney that i have only kicks in if I'm incapacitated. That was the clause I was able to put into it. So I was able to designate a person with to have power of attorney over my affairs, the ability to sell my house, like to do anything that would need to be done if I was incapacitated. But it only kicks into effect if I'm incapacitated, and then it dissolves if I were to pass away. And then that's when the will would kick in. So it's all provisions that make it so that I'm protected as a person. My, 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 my resources, my things that I have accumulated in life are protected and, and within the wishes that I have. And also that, um, the people in my life are empowered to care for me with, uh, with all the resources necessary and all the resources that I have. And that's important. You don't want to be going back and forth to court, trying to figure out just how to deal with a person a terrible and already terrible situation i implore you if you are listening to this podcast if you can hear my voice and you have children and you do not have a will i'm going to tell you you are being very irresponsible designate who you would want to care for your children if you were not here you see way too many situations where people are fighting over children where children are left wayward where people assume oh you'd want them to go with that person when realistically that's not the case and i'm going to say something you know, and for my family that's listening, you know, this, this is not a, you know, it, it just is, you know, my cousin, her mom died suddenly when she was three years old. She was three years old. And my grandmother, I, I told this to you before, I had an old grandmother, you know, my grandmother didn't start having children probably until she was close to 30. And that was a lot, you know, back then that was like old. So by the time I was born, my grandmother didn't have hair, like she was old. So when we were three, because my cousin and I are the same age, when we were three, my grandmother had lost her only daughter. It was tragic. It was sudden. She just, you know, she just died. It just, she just dropped dead in the middle of a, a store and left behind a three-year-old. And as a family in grief, you know, my grandmother wanted to care for her grandchild. But the reality was my grandmother was in no position to care for a three-year-old. And my, my aunt had other siblings, siblings with children that age, like who wanted to step up and take care of my cousin, but my grandmother's pain and grief wouldn't allow it. And no one wanted to hurt her. No one wanted to push the issue with her, you know, but the reality was it wasn't the best thing for my cousin to be raised by my grandmother because my grandmother was too old. And by the time my cousin became a preteen and gave all the problems that preteens gave, my grandmother was tired. 
but the damage had already been done. And so, you know, I say this from a family experience where it's like if there had been something in writing that had said, you know, if, if it's not me, if I'm not here, I want my brother to take my daughter, you know, or I want something like that, then grandma would have had to deal. She would have been okay. And things may have been different for my cousin. So I think that, you know, it's important when you have children you have to say it i know nobody wants to think about it but let me tell you something as a motherless and fatherless but as a young person who was motherless parents die they don't mean to but they leave behind children and and they need there needs to be structure so if you have a child it doesn't take any time it, it, it was very inexpensive. You don't even have to get the whole estate planning package. You can do your will on legal zoom for like $45. All you have to do is then print it, get it notarized and witnessed. And it's there. And that way, no one has to be fighting about what your wishes would be. If you're a married couple and you both have parents that are living and, and who, who would take care of your children? If you were to die, who, if both of you were to die, who like you have to think of these things because they happen car accidents happen every day and I'm not trying to scare you I'm just saying the reality is this happens and as tragic and awful as it is it is made that much more tragic when there's confusion when there is not clarity when children are left wayward without any direction of where to go and a person who that person who is designated is not is not prepared you know, I would never be prepared for anything to happen to anyone in my life. Or, you know, you don't want that to happen. But if you know, if you're as, as, as one of my friends who has children came to me and said, listen, if something happens to me, I want you to take care of my child. Then I would know that. And in my subconscious, I'd be prepared for that. And then if the God forbid it happened, I'd be ready to take on the role that I had already agreed to. So it's really important. So please go to LegalZoom, check it out, get a will, get some paperwork. Because again, Nipsey Hustle. Um, Aretha Franklin, Prince, they had a lot of stuff and they didn't have wills. And you see the drama it causes afterwards. You see the ugliness that comes out of people when the word is not down written on paper. And it doesn't have to be that way for you, for your children. And don't think that if you don't have children or if you're not married, you don't need a will. You need a will that much more because then there's no one who's assumed. And the other part of this is that you should not give your money and your resources to the state. Because when you're when the state has to execute your estate, they take money from it. They charge it. Why have to deal with that? You don't want to have to deal with that. And take especially if you have things, go ahead. Just write it takes nothing. Forty dollars, paperwork, you know a notary. Everybody knows a notary. Get it notarized, put it in a lockbox in your house, fireproof lockbox, call it a day. Make a copy, leave it someplace else, call it a day. Let somebody who's close in your life know where it is, and you're done. And you never have to think about it again. And hopefully it never becomes an issue. Hopefully it's outdated so long when you die at 90 years old and, you know, as an old person. But in the event that doesn't happen, be prepared. Okay. So that's the, that was topic one. Now we're going to switch totally something left. Because again, when I don't talk to you guys for like two weeks, I have a lot to talk about. So that was talking about the land of the dead. If something happens to you and you die, you need to be prepared. Well, let's talk about the land of the living. Okay. So in the land of the living, um, there's this thing called dating. Yes, I'm going to bring this back up. Isn't this an interesting transition, right? We went from talking about what happens if you die, be responsible. Now we like now back to trying to get you some <laughs> back to being out here in the world, trying to get you a next of kin, a husband or a wife dating. Now we've talked about this before. I did a whole podcast on the cost of dating. Dating can be very expensive. It doesn't have to be, but it can be um, on average. Um, people spend $102 per date. 
that's very expensive. And in a place like New York, that can be even more. I think $100 on a date, a first date is very expensive. I don't. I think that's too much. I don't think I know you well enough to spend $100 on you. And so therefore, I disagree with that on a first date. Now, I'm not saying a date can't cost. I'm saying a first date. First date doesn't have to cost that. I don't know if I want to date you. I do not think that a man should have to spend $100 on me. He doesn't even know me. But um, a lot of men particularly have been complaining. And a lot of women have been complaining about the fact that men don't make plans. Men don't make plans for women when they ask them out. First of all, men don't really ask them out. If you've been on the dating scene, um, it is tragic. Men will ask you what you're doing for like a year. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? He's just like, why do you keep asking me what I'm doing? And then sometimes I'll say that. Why do you keep asking me what am I doing? Is there something that you'd like me to be doing other than what I am doing? Because if that's the case, stop asking me what I'm doing and tell me what it is you'd like me to be doing with, as it relates to you. But we've come to a point where I don't think, I don't, I mean, I'm just guessing men don't want rejection. I don't know. It's a very different thing. It's an ugly game. Um, but, you know, this whole idea of not asking and not planning. You know, there was a time when if a man wanted to take you out on a date, and yes, I'm saying if a man want to take you out on a date, okay, because I believe that that's the way I believe in dating. If you disagree, please write me and tell me about it. But if a man wants to take you out on a date, he should ask you out and you should make the plan. Simple. Not so simple though now. People are not doing that. And so I don't know if it has a lot to do with um, a, a shift in, in, in culture, but also if it has to do with money. People are dating with more um, frequency now because of apps. So people are, are and social media and being able to have so much contact with people. It's not like when you had to just meet somebody in the street to date them. You have so much access to dating that dating can become overwhelming and it can become very expensive. If you're able to date with all of the um, all of the access that you have to dating, if you do, if you're dating like that, dating can become very expensive. And so it can it can make sense to me why people are men are kind of trying to trim down the dating scene. Also, the apps and things make men have more access to people to have sex with, not necessarily to date. There's a very big difference. So all that, what you doing, what you doing, oh, you want to come over and hang out. It's really a lead up to sex, not really a lead up to dating. Not saying that sex can't lead to dating, but definitely they're, they're two different tracks. You can go on two different trajectories. So it's really a frustrating thing. And I'm seeing more and more women are frustrated by it. And I'm wondering how much of it has to do with money. How much of it has to do with the fact that men can't afford to to really date women the way they used to because of the number of women that they're dating um, or, or the number of women that they're attempting to engage? Um, I don't know what that has to do because a lot of women themselves have access to more money than they may have in the past. And so what does that do with the dating scene? You've heard me talk about this before. What? But how is how does it work to date when you are a high earner and you're dating a, a, a someone and for men and women? If you're a woman who earns, you know, and takes care of herself and has and you meet a man who is struggling, how does that work? Um, how does that work in dating? Um, you know, he's dating to men should always and I always say this men should date to their own pockets, not to the expectation of a woman. So if he don't have it for anything other than, you know, local, whatever, you know, happy hour or whatever, that's what he should date to. He should stick to that because he should not put himself in a financial bond trying to impress you. He doesn't even know you yet. So ladies get a grip on reality. 
he don't know you he don't know if you worth digging in his savings he don't know if you worth swiping his credit card he don't know that he's gonna do what he can and if he's got 40 dollars for this date he should make it nice he should make it well worth but he should not break his bank to impress you because of what you you know what you hold also too maybe there are people who don't match up and maybe they shouldn't date but definitely for sure you should a man should not overextend himself financially to impress a woman that being said men should <laughs> schedule dates and the reason you should schedule the date is because it puts it in your control and power if you keep what you're doing her to death and asking her what she wants then you cannot be upset when she says i want place x and place x is more than you can afford and 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 then you're upset or she says, I want to do this. And you're like, I ain't got money for that. Now you got to say that. You don't want to have to say that. So now you say she's being unreasonable. Now you say she's being ridiculous. Now you give her fever. And it's like, that's not fair. Make the plan. He who makes the plan has the control. If you only want to spend $40, then make a plan for a date where you only have to spend $40. That's what you should do. And that's how you remain in control of that. But understand that you making the attempt, no attempt to... to to try to plan and and you not being open or honest about whatever it is or the reason you're approaching it that way if it's finances if it's money you're going to turn off a lot of women a lot of people will be turned off by that i happen to be one of those people you know i'm not about it's not a it's not a big deal to me how much money you are willing to spend on a date um but it's important to me that you plan you have to plan. I don't want to have to plan because, again, this is setting up a circumstance in the beginning of a relationship that I don't want to be in. I don't want to be in charge. I don't want to have to tell you what to do all the time. Because then when I do that and then I tell you what to do and then you resent it later, now we're going to have a problem. And I don't want to have a problem. So why don't we start this thing off the way, you, way it should be, which is you can make a plan. But I'd love to hear the feedback because I see a lot of men are just like women are unreasonable blah 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 all these things and it's it, it, it i don't know what happened what shifted in the culture but um, women over a certain age women over about 35 are suffering through dating men right now and men i need you to hear that they are they are suffering to the point where they're saying forget it i don't even want to date because that's how bad it is with these men what you doing you to death i'm telling you when i see what you doing i get pissed when i see what you doing w y d and it's like why do you want to know what I'm doing? Unless you are going to change it. Why are you curiously like, what are you doing? Why do you want to know what I'm doing? And honestly, when you ask me that over text, how honest am I supposed to be, right? Um, what, do you, what, what is this? Why are you asking me this? What do you want? Honestly, what do you want? Unless you say it to me, and I don't even like the what you're doing question, I'm going to tell you why. And this is a bit of a rant, so stick with me. If this is what happens a lot when you're dating, right? Guy will be like, what are you doing this weekend? Now, if you're a person who works Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, 10 to 6, 11 to 7, whatever. When it comes to Saturday and Sunday, you got mad shit to do. You got to do your laundry. You got to clean your house. You got to, you know, go shopping. You got to go food shopping. You got to, and you got to still try to hang out with your friends. You got to do this with your kids. You got, you got a lot of stuff to do on the weekend. So when somebody asks you what you're doing, you could tell them a laundry list of things you're doing. Except if they if they were to say to you, instead of saying, what are you doing? They just said, hey, I'd like to take you out to dinner Saturday night. Are you free? Now, that's different. Because if you ask me what I'm doing, I could spend, I could tell you something that would book up my entire weekend from morning to night. Because I can, do, I have plenty of shit to do. But if you say, 
are you i'd like to take you to dinner say now are you free now i may not do the laundry today i might get myself together and go to dinner but then what men do because they don't want to be rejected i'm not saying all men so please don't send me those messages but what some men do is like they ask you what you're doing you run them a list of things you're doing and they go oh you too busy for me this is what stop asking what am i doing just tell me what you'd like to do with me are you hey i'd like to take you on to dinner on saturday night are you available if i say no give me an alternate how about sunday yes okay boom we're gonna go to dinner what time eight o'clock great i'll be ready where should i meet you that's it but you what you doing what you doing tonight after work i'm going home oh yeah i was gonna ask you but you must be busy it's like that is such a oh i don't want to use bad words that's such a whack way to handle somebody it's it's pretty no whack make a plan guys make a plan guys make a fucking plan ask you're talking to adults and i'm talking to the men who are 35 and over 30 and over y'all gotta do better you want to date these women and y'all keep screaming about and then again y'all talk about women who you consider to be lower whatever whatever which is not nice then y'all talk about women who you think have something because then they try to demean you you think because you got a little something you think because you got a good job you think it's like you you can't win if the like i said if you take control of the situation you will be in control financially you will be able to say what works with your finances if you know you got a hundred dollars for this date you better plan it because if you let a woman plan it you don't know where y'all gonna end up and then you're gonna be mad then you're going to be talking about her or you're going to have false expectations about what you should get from this date and men stop expecting it. You just because you feed a woman, you are not entitled to sex because you take her out on a nice day because she enjoys the day. You're not entitled to sex, you're not entitled to anything. This is not a financial transaction or, or an exchange until it is. And when it is, you are then you get what you pay for. But if, if it's not, if we said dinner, then it does not mean you pay for dinner. I give you sex. That's not what that means. So please cut cut that out. I mean, that brings back up the $40 conversation, and which would be a whole nother episode. But yeah, cut that out. And um, so, I, yeah, the dating thing, guys, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, I, I attempt to be open to dating more. And then I really then I don't want to be because I was like, Ugh. so I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen for a lot of us. I don't know what's gonna happen for me. I'm not going to tell a man when to take me on a date. Not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. I'm not saying I'm not gonna do it because I'm stubborn. I'm just saying it don't make no sense because then he's gonna be mad at me when I tell him where I want to go and then he's like, "Yeah, I don't have that," or he don't want to spend it or whatever the case. So uh, I don't know. Dating and money is a real interesting thing, but yeah. So I say all of that to say, ladies and gentlemen. Get your life together as far as your estate planning. You do it one time. You don't ever have to think about it again. And then and by the time it comes up again, you won't be here to deal with it. So um, get your stuff together. Again, you have children, please. I'm telling you, I'm an orphan. I'm telling you, please do it. Have a will. Have a will. Get it. It takes no time. It is worth the effort. You think about it once. Like I said, next time you think about it, next time it comes up, you won't be here to deal with it. And people with dating, stop what you're doing people to death. Plan dates so that you can control how much you spend on a date and ask women out. Stop asking them what they're doing. Just ask them out. Stop being so afraid of rejection. Just ask them out. And if they don't want to go out on a date with you, they're going to lie and say they're busy. And in that case, leave them alone. Move on. 
But if she wants to go on a date with you, when you ask her on a date, she will say yes. And then you will go and you will see where things go from there. But let's stop this what you're doing. Oh, my God. Kill the what you're doing. Stop asking people what they're doing. Because if you meet anybody with any substance or anything, she is busy. She is busy, busy, busy. Because she has got a life. And if you can, if she, if you seem to be something she should pause that life for, she will. Trust me. You ask her for a date, she'll find her. She'll find time. She'll find a babysitter. She'll do whatever she needs to do. She will find time. So stop what you're doing, people, to death. And stop what you people what you're doing people to death and prepare for the one thing that you know is guaranteed in this life, which is death. Get a will, plan your estate, and move on with your life. So those are two very different topics I want to talk about today. Longer, a little bit of a longer podcast, which which is what happens when I'm away. But I wanted to catch up with you guys. Thank you so much for listening today. If you have any questions, feel free to email me, Malik M A L I E K at thefinancialemancipation.com. Um, follow me on social media on um on Instagram at financial emancipation, Twitter F I N emancipation. Follow me on Facebook. Join the Facebook group at um financial emancipation. And follow me on YouTube at Financial Emancipate Tour. Uh, thank you so much for listening today. I know it's a little long, but we had to catch up, y'all. And um, we'll talk again soon uh, next week. And thank you again for joining me. And I hope you'll be back as we continue to discuss the ways in which you can walk towards your financial emancipation, getting free from your um, burden of finances. Have a great day.